All right, we're here with uh, Scott Kessler of, uh, I guess, now No Short Corners. Uh, congratulations on, on that move for you. And I hear you're, uh, you're walking now, and that's, that's also a positive move. How are things over in Philadelphia? Uh, well, for me personally, thank you for the, the kind introduction and for the uh, congratulations. Uh, it's going well for me. Uh, for Philadelphia, we're finally having a turnaround on our weather. And on the, uh, on the union side of things, it's been up and down, which has been the union's existence. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? It's kind it? of their MO. Yeah. So let, let's, uh, let's start off with this, Scott. Quick question. Um, big news coming out of Philly. Um, just, sure, you've got an opinion on it. Yeah, just a few days ago, right? Keon Daniel getting released is what you're talking about, right? <laughs> no, no, we're talking bigger than that. Bigger. And somebody, somebody has a lightsaber in here. So <laughs> that. Uh, no, we're talking so, about uh, Jack Mack trading for yeah. or being traded to Montreal for Andrew Wenger. What do you it, think that What do you think that does for Philly? Are we expecting to see Andrew Wenger this week? Is he an, an immediate impact kind of player? It, it, it was to, to me. It was a weird deal. Um, not because I thought that McInerney was ever going to really stay in Philadelphia because he said publicly that he wasn't going to re-sign unless they gave him a lot of money. But the team still had a, uh, a, a team option for 2015. According to him and uh, sources that confirmed it to Dave Zeitlin, who covers the team for MLSsoccer.com and CSN Philly. Uh, so there was at least another year that could have controlled him. And I mean, his contract wasn't favorable based upon production. He would have been a six-year off of a GA contract, and that's pricey. I mean, you're probably looking at like uh, I think this year he probably was making about 220 uh, guaranteed. So you're probably talking somewhere closer to 250 in a six-year, if not more. Um, Wenger, though, I mean, here's a big deal with Wenger. As as you guys know, he's never produced in Major League Soccer because uh, he coming in, he didn't have a position. It was either forward or uh, forward or striker. Or midfielder. I mean, it's a guy who's very good at soccer, but not very good enough at, e- at any position to pin him down. So you stick him behind Devayo, and even when Devayo has been out, he never was able to finish. And that was a knock on him coming out of Vancouver. But the knock on McInerney going to Vancouver is the exact same thing. And the real the real part of the trade was that McInerney in a four three three, the way that Hackworth wants to play it instead of the 4-5-1 that Hackworth initially played when he took over from Novak, it drastically changed the outlook of McInerney, who is a poacher's poacher. He's not a guy who's... He's once in a while showed a little bit of skill on the ball and broken through a defense. He did it versus DC United. Um, But you guys have seen him versus Real Salt Lake. He he takes shots. He doesn't... He's not RVP. Uh, <laughs> he's not Darren Maddox blazing down the wing. You know, he's somebody who's a smaller version of of a less skilled Wondolowski almost. A less skilled Wondolowski. <laughs> not very nice, I, Scott. I, I I'm not trying. You know, I'm not trying to to kill the guy. The guy has the guy has when he's in form, as we saw last year, he has the ability to be a game changing finisher. Yeah. But that's his game. You're not going to see him breaking apart. Sabarillo is what. You need if you're going to play a four-three-three with with just a single solitary striker and very wide. Yeah, he's sort of perfect for that, and he's custom right. made for that. And we don't use him that way. It's kind of fun. But but I mean, he's good enough where he can play in other positions. Whereas McInerney needs somebody. To, I mean, I think he would have been best if Mwanga had ever developed that one-two punch where you had a bigger guy who could hold ball and allow McInerney to make the runs off because McInerney's game is built off of off-ball movement. 
Yeah. The second that the ball gets to him, he gets very frustrated because unless it's in the perfect place, I mean, you can see on his face that he's upset. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought he just had that kind of face. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, there, there are uh, there are opinions of him and what his status was in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, in terms of attitude, and from what I've been told, and from what I've from what I've heard from people in the locker room, he was friendly with the younger players, and he didn't cause a big enough problem for the veterans where it was a Deshaun Jackson situation. I'm going to link it to another Philadelphia sports team here, but. Yeah. I, I, it really comes down to I, I think tactically you have that situ- you have that situation where you didn't fit, and the fact that um, Hackworth is Hackworth, and <laughs> I would have said the same thing about Novak. Novak's Novak, but Hackworth is a Novak disciple. Coach under him at the at the national team level, youth national team level. Coach under him with the union and took over Novak's team. So, in a lot of ways, Novak's Novak and Hackworth are two completely different people. Away from coaching, I would hope so. But <laughs> I mean, Hackworth is a very, very nice guy. I've, I've uh, actually I was at a charity dinner with him for the union, and I sat right next to him. But really nice guy to talk to and everything off the field. But you can see Novakian things with his substitutions and his tactical decisions. Yeah. It's not that big of a difference from what Novak was doing, except he's not insane. And I'm I'm going to use that term. Novak ended up being insane. Nobody checked on him like happened at DC United. I, it, that was a lot of fun to watch. I'll be honest. From from here in Salt yeah. Lake, like oh man, from a third party perspective, the Novak thing was was beautiful. The, and and the uh, the crazy thing is that see you you guys are from an area where you don't have four dominant teams for the sports culture, and then the union trying to inch their way in. Yeah. And Real Salt Lake is very, very big there. I mean, everybody from outside of Salt Lake can tell. Oh, yeah, no, you know, it's true. ESPN and radio takes it. it seriously. Your local media takes it seriously. It's kind of nice. I, and to be fair, the Jazz have been awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, to, I'm, I'm not sure awful really starts to, uh, to, to grasp out how bad they've been. Sixers, though. I mean, you're talking relative to the Sixers. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so... so when 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 you look at this situation and you you have what the what the what the union did, you would think that the reaction of general fans to the way that the team was covered would be different, but the Philadelphia Union fan base, specifically the Sons of Ben, and I'm not knocking them in any way, but they wanted to make their own Philadelphia sports culture because we're we're perceived, and I'm saying we because outside of the union, when I'm not covering. Soccer. I mean, I'm a Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, I want to see soccer succeed in it, and I, I want to see the teams in the city succeed. But the perception of people like me is hard-headed, over-the-top, you know, very reactionary, very negative. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to the union, you've got people that are hard-headed but in the opposite direction, overly positive, overly trusting, overly faithful. Um, huh. With Novak, it was trust in Novak. I, I remember uh, seeing that until like the last minute. Even though I, I mean, I got I I, I had written an article because I'd been told that Hackworth was going to succeed Novak. I mean, th- there was not even a question. It wasn't even a question of interviewing. That before he got fired, I was told like two months beforehand that he, if he got fired in two, in, in uh, 2012, Hackworth would take over. Wow. People ripped on me for saying that I shouldn't have written it because it was going to destroy team morale. <laughs> And and now you have to remember, I'm 23, in 2014, 
I was a 21-year-old kid in college with a laptop. Yeah. And I was being told by a fan base that I was going to ruin team morale. You're I mean, a very powerful man, Scott. I, I at one point was con- relatively powerful. Um, I mean, um, so Ke- Keon Daniel, just for example, Keon Daniel, I know I joked about it, but they did release him. He did play a lot under Hackworth and Novak, uh, considering that he never really produced. But there was a point in time where he had visa problems. Yeah. And I accidentally started the free, the free Keon movement. <laughs> which now has turned into a joke because he was actually freed from the union. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. We got off onto all these, uh, all these nice mini stories. Um, no, no, no. That's no, it's fine. That's the sort of thing we love here at, uh, right. at this awful podcast. <laughs> so to kind of bring it back to the beginning, we talked a lot about Jack Mack, but yes. what do you know about Andrew Winger? Do you know, is, is he looking like he's going to play this weekend or is he more, Got to get into the team a little bit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a confusing situation because Connor Casey, who you expressed prior to this, you did not like him. Uh, oh no, of course Casey not. He scored ten goals last year. Now, oh. that's fine for a backup, but he played a ton last year. I think it was twenty five starts and thirty one appearances. He put a lot of minutes last year and only put ten together. Now he was coming off of a major injury, um, which I hope you guys didn't cheer. No, with. no. Okay. Uh, well. Trevor. <laughs> we never cheer injuries. No, well, we I, I, Trevor does, apparently. He was, he was a breath of fresh air in terms of tactical change because yeah. ever since Alejandro Moreno left, and even when Alejandro Moreno was with the Union in 2010, you were really looking for a target striker who, who could score, and at that point in his career, he was really just hold up and help to assist. The Union have always lacked a big target man, which is what people were kind of hoping Mwanga would turn into. Mwanga doesn't work out. So what happens? They don't bring in anyone. So your forwards end up being special at two, uh, who we can get into in a little bit because that is an interesting discussion now in Philadelphia, um, and Jack McInerney basically. Then they bring in Aaron Wheeler, and you and you say to yourself, hey, you know, you've got Casey and Aaron Wheeler now. you got big men. But Hackworth has never really employed a target man with a secondary striker running off of him. You never really saw McInerney fully being utilized as a – as a poaching guy running off of a big guy. Uh, and now Casey is the best forward for the 4-3-3. You know, we discussed earlier with uh, uh, Saborio. Is it Saborio or Saborio, by the way? Saborio. I, I haven't pronouncing it correctly. If you say uh, Saborio, we'll, we'll just glare at you silently. So <laughs> don't worry too much. Uh, I mean, when, when you look at the 4-3-3, the, the prototypical 4-3-3, you want somebody who you can play through out of that center forward position. But the way that the Union are playing the 4-3-3 and the way that they have the midfield set up and everything, you need somebody that can take a cross to the chest and hold it up and wait for people to run on. Because one problem that McInerney was having earlier this season, it wasn't even finishing, versus like the crew, he would get into the six and then have to wait 15 seconds for someone else to come through. Yeah, that's not particularly effective, is it? Exactly. So... But but then the problem with Casey is he's in his mid thirties now, and he's not exactly he was never the fastest person before the injury, and he was never the fastest person before he got old. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking about that. His on the on the ball skills are actually decent for someone his size, considering he's like yeah. the linebacker. But he isn't going to tear apart a defense. He's going to create a little bit of room. His crossing skills are maybe average for a striker. I mean, he's not somebody who's a game changer. So. When you get Wenger, 
and you have this young guy who's shown that he's got some skill on the ball, he's got a little bit of a passing mind, your hope is that he can play target striker because he's a little bit, he's not big, but he's bigger than Jack McInerney. Oh, yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, but, but then the problem that you, that you have is he's not a target striker. You know, he's not, he, he doesn't hold up play like you would want. And if you're playing him out of the midfield, who do you take out of the midfield for the union then? Maurice Adieu? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> a lot of people in Philadelphia are calling for Brian Carroll's head, and we can also get into that later, also tactically. But the, the thing is, if I see where I think Hackworth might be going is, you've got a guy who last year actually made $40,000 more guaranteed in compensation than McInerney. Yeah. And he's only scored six career goals in three seasons now. Um, I think it's just over 2,000 minutes. It's a horrible rate. Yeah, uh, that that that's yeah. not a good rate at all. So I don't see him being a forward per se. Maybe as a backup forward, but realistically, his best position heading into Major League Soccer, if he hadn't played forward for Duke, would have been center back. And I think if you go back and read the scouting reports, he's good playing the ball the back. He's much better than most center backs because he's had all this time playing on the ball. He's played midfield before, so he like Amobi Akugo is comfortable moving out of the back beyond just playing the ball. And then on top of that, he's got some size. Now, Hackworth showed his willingness to convert a player in terms of Aaron Wheeler. And I've been probably the most negative person on that move. And for the first week or two with Aaron Wheeler, people were like, oh, look, he's actually doing well. And then Major League Soccer went off and named him Defensive Player of the Week. And I got hell for a week. And then what happened? He almost lost the Union the game. And I was righteously justified in my position. That's the best part of being a writer, like that yes, righteous indignation. Yes, yes, exactly. That is the that is the best part. Uh, unfortunately, most of the things I've written about the union, I had to wait weeks to come out. So I sat there wondering if it was going to be my head at the next tailgate that I saw people at. Uh, but, but for this one, it's I, I honestly. The Wenger trade, it was more of, hey, Vancouver, we don't want McInerney. And Vancouver's like, hey, we don't want Wenger, you want him? Because he's got two team options left, apparently, on yeah. his GA deal, which means that they could they could just let him go yeah, for nothing. But people mm. are saying, that that's one theory. And I, would, and I said to people, then why wouldn't you just keep McInerney for the rest of the year, let him sign a pre-contract with the European team this summer, and let him go in December? That's that desire to just, like, keep something, right? I mean, like, to have something when you could otherwise just have nothing. Either way, they're probably going to end up with nothing. I, I really don't see Wenger doing anything on this team that... I mean, if they moved Aaron Wheeler back of the striker, probably better than than uh, than Wenger. And they're not going to move Men Wenger back to, to center back because you have Hackworth's favorite in Wheeler. You have uh, Barry, who's back from injury 100% healthy now and was starting... I don't even I don't even really like Barry, but he's the best center back other than Amobi Kugo on the on the team right now. Yeah, it's got Ethan White who hasn't seen a single minute. I mean, just reminder: Aaron Wheeler got into a game at center back before Ethan White, and they're still carrying <laughs> final draft pick Richie Marquez, who uh, who surprised people in spring training. I mean, for this is the first season probably in the Union's history that they've had actual depth at the center back position, and it's not real depth. Uh, huh. I don't know if you guys remember Juan Diego Gonzalez. The name, he, but no. no he, Did he, he play for Philadelphia Union? Philadelphia, he was one of the Colombian <laughs> acquisitions they had in their 
have been a lot of questions about whether or not he was one of the uh, deals that the union had with uh, when Diego Gutierrez was the technical director. That may have been a little bit questionable in terms of legality in certain parts. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the highest players on the team as a backup center back. He barely saw any playing time. I wrote an article calling him, uh, the, I think it was the $193,000 paperweight. You can actually search for it online. It's one of my crowning achievements because that, that, the paperweight nickname stuck until he left the team. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't get taken on a trip in which they had no center backs on the trip. I mean, I think like Danny Califf was sick or hurt, and they didn't bring him on the trip. You don't really need center backs on the bench, right? If you get injured, you could. I hear you can just throw a striker back there. I, they, uh, to be fair, to Aaron Wheeler and Hackworth, they have been trending him all off season, preseason to yeah. play center back. But I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's a weird the, one. The Wenger situation. You you traded somebody who had shown that he was able to score in Major League Soccer. And sure, he went on a drought, but we've seen, like, with Darren Maddox, you're willing to give talented players a long time to find form again in Major League Soccer at Stryker. Yeah, and Darren people, Maddox has got, what, like, over a year for that now, right? He just scored this weekend. Oh. But it, I mean, he, he blew, he blew an opportunity. Did you watch the um, the Dortmund-Real uh, Madrid game? I watched okay. and, Yesterday. There was a, Yesterday. Benzema should have rounded the goalkeeper and easily scored. Yeah, Maddox beat the goalkeeper into the box, and the goalkeeper came out to block it. And for some, re- I mean, he didn't he didn't go blind. For some reason, he didn't turn around the goalkeeper. He fired. The the guy is probably the fastest player in Major League Soccer now that Marvell Wynn isn't twenty three anymore. Yeah, and my expectation for someone like him would be to round the goalkeeper and just easily tap in a shot. Right. Yeah. Guy rips it. It's stuff like that. Like with McInerney, he wouldn't shoot it sometimes, but part of it was because he didn't trust his teammates. So he didn't want to be the one shooting it and not having any backup when he shot it. Whereas there's like Marvel Hinton, you have, I mean, his, his leaping ability alone, he should be scoring goals. It just, you know, actually I was really hoping that, um, Vancouver, I, I I just realized I was calling Montreal Vancouver, but I really wish that Vancouver said, you know, we don't want him anymore. We'll take McNerney. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> oh my God! Just just for FIFA's sake, you know, yeah. I could play with the Union again. They're probably the worst team in Major League Soccer to play with. Yeah. Worse than Chivas? Chivas? Oh hey, Bofo. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Worse than DC? DC got Eddie Johnson and some other people. Oh, they yeah, that that Espindola guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, you got Chris Pontius. Fabian, you know, what was his name? Fabian. Yeah, Fabian. Oh, he flipped off Union fans a couple years ago. That, Just oh, like Wenger, was... Wenger actually did when he got sent off two weeks ago <laughs> at, at PPL Park. <laughs> <laughs> and fantastic. now he's on the Union. All right, so we've got another question. Who's sure. this uh, Edu guy? Where did he come from? And what's he, what's he doing for the Union? Like, is he actually improving them? Or... So the assumption was that when Maurice Adu came in, I think a lot of fans had the expectations that since the Union were bringing in a guy from the Premier League with with Major League League Soccer experience, with U.S. Men's National Team experience, that he would be the focal point of the midfield. At the the same time, they brought in um, Vincent... uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this name too because... uh, Del Camera pronounces it differently than me, but screw it. I don't know French. Uh, Noguera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vincent Noguera comes in from um, 
God, I don't. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the team. It was the team that Charlie Davies was on in France. Randers. No. No, no in France. Sochaux. Sochaux. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Sochaux. Sochaux. Uh, he came in. He was the captain. He's middle twenties. I think he's twenty five or twenty six. Something that we're not used to in Major League Soccer. Someone actually wanted to come to America at that age. And he was one of their better players. It's not really saying anything because they stunk. I think yeah. they're going to get rele- relegated uh, or they're close to relegation. Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty he's awful. He's come in and you guys have seen the Union how many times now? Probably about five, six times. It's against like ourselves, that. something like that, yeah. Yeah, against Real Salt Lake. Has there ever been a time where you could say that someone in the midfield, not on the wings, but someone centrally in the midfield actually worried you? And passing, crossing, no. shooting. It's always been a very average midfield to below average midfield. They've never had anybody that really was creative or struck a fear, so they had to play through the wings or through the striker. Yeah, so, I mean, all utility players, right? Right. I mean, Justin Mapp is really the last midfielder that caused a problem for anyone. But he and was he a Didn't really cause anything. Yeah, he's problems. still Justin right. Mapp. That's my point. <laughs> but that's the point. The Union have never had a midfield. So they bring in a completely new midfield sans Brian Carroll in Adu and Noguera, Adu was the one who was expected to be the leader and really be the dominant force. Well, in Portland, he was. I mean, he bossed the Portland midfield, which everyone expected to destroy a newly formed union. Oh, yeah, of and course. It's Porter Ball. That's the, the latest, greatest thing in Major League Soccer, I heard. It's it's fun to watch. <laughs> it is fun to watch. I have to watch the union to cover them, okay? You think that I like this? <laughs> five years now and i've yet to see soccer i mean it is oh you get God. to see soccer every time you play real salt lake right i actually enjoy watching real salt lake i just wish that they would make uh uh Savarillo better in fifa i yeah. wish i would He's play with one them. Of those weirdly underrated players in that game don't yeah. even don't even get me started on how like in 97 right? it's, it's made out of vancouver it's actually made out of Vancouver, and they don't care about Major League Soccer. They claim that they do. Yeah. It's me. And I would switch to Pro Evolution, except Pro Evolution's even worse at Major League Soccer. See, I just play Football Manager, and I don't... I just Don't. don't I just play the spreadsheet, don't, and don't. <laughs> then I let the little dots run. We, uh, let me finish this question before we get into Football Manager. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Since my injury, I've played it way more than humanly possible. I understand. <laughs> um, so... So with the, with the union, Noguera is the one where uh, versus Real Salt Lake, he's the one who's going to be focused on. Uh, a do is the name that Americans know, but Noguera is a threat. He runs up the wings. He runs up the middle. He picks up loose balls in the middle. Now every now and then he's got a bad pass or a bad decision. Good to know. And that's one reason why he wasn't playing for a better Liga Un team. And in fact, that's probably a reason why he's not still in Europe. But he is so much better than. Keon Daniel, who was like the focal point of the Union midfield for a while. Yeah. Uh, so you've got Carroll back to his natural anchor position, and the Union are running. You're either gonna you're gonna see two different formations of that three in the midfield. You're gonna see either a triangle or an upside down triangle. So when you have the triangle, uh, Adu's playing box to box, but he's playing out of a defensive uh, offensive setting. Yeah. With Carroll sitting as an anchor. And I've seen them do a lot more of of this sort of um, this sort of upside down triangle. Not, I mean, not not fully. Um, where you, you see it a lot with uh, Barcelona's like FIFA formation. It's sort of like the upside down triangle. 
Busquets yeah. behind Chabi and Iniesta or whoever they throw in there. Um, so you've got Noguera in, and I'm gonna I'll use that I'll use that. You've got Noguera in the Iniesta role. He's the offensive minded guy, right? So he's not expected as much to come back and cover ground because Adu and Carroll are. And then you have Adu who's just supposed to ball win boss, help create a little bit, and he scored a goal against against. Um, God, I'm blanking on it now. He scored a goal versus who they played last week, and I don't know why I can't think of it. Uh, Somebody. Jeez. Okay, this is going to kill me. I'm going to look it up while I answer. No, uh, no. <laughs> I'm we, looking it up too. Don't worry about it. We look everything up. We don't actually know things. <laughs> I don't think you have to know things anymore, though. It's just sort of if you can know how to look it up, you're good. Chicago. Thank you. The Chicago. fire. Okay, no wonder I didn't remember. Oh, that game was funny. Uh <laughs> Uh, I have a spreadsheet, by the way, of every goal that the Union have scored or given up after the 75th minute <laughs> in the team's history. How beautiful is that? Uh, let me just say, this season they've lost six points. Yeah. Sounds Think about, about right. that. We are how many games in the season they've already dropped six points? That's pretty good. <laughs> that, that, that's a solid start to uh, another promising season for Philadelphia yeah. Union. Uh, but with, the, with the midfield, the, the problem with this midfield, and this is purely tactical... When you have a 4-3-3 and you're using wingers, the main thing that you do not want is you do not want a defensively deficient fullback playing a full-on attacking wingback. Or as football manager will put it, a complete wingback. Yeah. And that wingback is Fabinho, the worst Brazilian defender I've ever seen. I give him credit, though. He's actually probably the best crosser on the team other than Leo Fernandez. Uh, it's not really saying much. That's like one, two, and then no one. Yeah. Uh, so he gets forward, and he has been. Oh my god! There was a game where it was it was late. It was like the seventieth minute or whatever. So he's tired because he's been running back and forth and all that stuff. He got beaten by one of the slowest players on the field in a foot race. Yeah, I. Uh... Well, as yeah. a fullback, I mean, it blows my mind that he's still starting. I don't like playing Raymond Gattis a right back at left back, but right now Shane Williams is off the field, and you guys know that Shane Williams is one of the better right backs in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I rate him. We'll give you that. right now is the backup to Raymond Gattis at right back. Yeah. Who doesn't have the offensive skill that that Williams has, and that offensive skill is not to the level of um, your boy in, in Salt Lake. Uh, Beltran. Beltran. Yeah. He is. He's pretty fantastic. We're we're glad here at the show that you appreciate him because we deal with people every day who, who think don't. he's trash, and it's very okay. depressing for us. If if I okay, if I asked you what Williams did well offensively, what would you tell me? From the uh, long throw-ins. Yeah, long <laughs> throw-ins. We'll go with that one. Okay, so the the uh, you know I'm going to tie this midfield thing into what I was saying about the two and everything. Sebastian Latou, the first two years of the Union existed, I think was probably one of the most celebrated players in the league. Yeah. It was kind of funny to watch, honestly. Scored a ton of goals and assisted on a ton of other ones. Yeah. Not not a spectacular player, but his first two years of the Union, right place, right time, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And just was in form. I mean, one of the most in-form experiences I've ever watched. And that was just pure confidence. Yeah. since not so much, and last year he had a ton. Of, uh, he had a ton of assists again. It was twelve, I think. 
Yeah, I, yeah. He, he, was had, he was up there around Javier Morales, and that's yeah. And Williams had eight. But the thing is, what people don't realize, you know, this this is one of the problems with using solely using counting statistics in any sport. They don't tell the whole story. Right. He took most of the corners. He took a ton of the free kicks. The vast majority of them were either short, low, or bad. Uh, so when you give the guy the opportunity for high percentage things, like I, I, I would, I would wager that other than the union teams have much higher uh, uh, successes for set pieces. I mean, like way higher, at least double or triple. So if you put someone else in that position, you've seen it with Leo Fernandez already uh, with the union. Um, I mean, you should be producing more on set pieces, and they give up a ton on set pieces. I'm pretty sure we all saw Lake has won or tied. Multiple games versus the Union because of set pieces. And, and that's really strange for us because set pieces historically have been uh, far from our specialty. I might and call them our anti-specialty. Still, anti still better than the Union. That's, I swear. See, we uh, like hearing things like that. Could you tell yeah. us more flattering <laughs> things about ourselves? I will tell you more flattering <laughs> things. Uh, so, so Sebastian Latou, first two seasons, one of the more dominant players in the league, which wasn't great for the league stature if you really knew what was going on. Uh, but... Success is success. Uh, we've seen with Wondolowski, sometimes you can turn into national team fortune. Yeah. Um, so, Sebastian Latou on the ball has become a man in prison, old school prison like you saw in like, Tom and Jerry. The ball is on a chain. It's not on his foot. Yeah. You know, he pulls the chain. It kind of gets close to him. It's not really there. Hmm. You know, It hits his foot. He, he gets hurt. He doesn't control the ball. What I'm saying is he's very bad at controlling the ball. Yeah. His passing's off. His shooting's off. Uh, I mean, it, it's brutal. It is really brutal. Last year in the home opener versus Kansas City, the first time that he played after they reacquired him, he scored a goal. Then he had an even easier opportunity, and he put it wide of the post. And that was the start of the end for him as a striker. Then he started getting put out wide and wide. and wide. He doesn't have speed. He's got hustle. And that's one reason why he... Uh, Excuse me. He initially became beloved in Philadelphia. Beyond the off-the-field stuff with fans, his hustle goes over very well in Philadelphia. Everyone loves a hustling player. That's... If you look at Philadelphia, <laughs> two of the most beloved baseball players in Philadelphia, Pete Rose, whose nickname was Charlie Hustle, Chase Utley, who, other than being one of the greatest second basemen ever, didn't give a crap if a ball hit him. And didn't give a crap if he had to run into someone, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they should have I mean, called him is, Chase Hustle. This is a city who, for some reason, not not for some reason, beloved a certain center fielder who ran his face into uh, the center field pole. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, uh, he he kind of stunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's a cool thing to well, do, right? Rightfully booed Kenny Lofton for refusing to do the same thing. <laughs> uh, it's just like you know, every fan base has its quirks. Yeah. You know, that certain player that for some reason is is beloved past his prime. Oh, yeah. And to, to me, the Union don't have the players that fit the tactics. And Hackworth has said publicly that he wouldn't try to, fo- you know, force the... I'm, I'm being a little paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Oh, that's okay. Uh, we paraphrase everything. A lot. But essentially, you know, square peg, round hole, round... round peg into the trapezoid uh all that good stuff yeah it's just it's infuriating to watch a team like 
we all saw Lake lose one of the best managers in league history, turn around Who and get that? someone who's very good at tactics. Not even player management, just tactics. Oh, he was... That that guy I can barely remember because he's such a distant memory and we're trying to put it past us. He was fantastic at that. But you have a coach right now who, I mean, he's young in his position, but he's not so... I mean, he's he's good enough at what he's doing right now where you don't care so much that you're forgetting about the guy who did not so recently leave. Yeah, he's like the opposite of a Novak disciple, right? Exactly. I mean, I just... Oh, my God. My condolences never... for that, by the way. <laughs> All right, so we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. Uh, but right. we, we do want a prediction from you. And we'll share our predictions with you as well. All right. In the spirit of giving. Should I go first, or are you going to show your hand? Yeah, no, go first. Go first. Okay. I'm going to say this partly for the laughs and partly because I actually think it's going to happen. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I think the union go up early, say oh. like the first 25 minutes, maybe add to that lead, and then comically give it up over the last 15 minutes of the game. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it 2-2, but I will say that my wild card is a late Savarillo goal, and that would just be the icing on the cake for my spreadsheet. All right. Sounds All right. good. Yeah, I think we like that prediction. Uh, that reminds me a little of last year. Two years ago, last year? Last year, no, last, last year, year we had the 2-2 game. Penalty kick. Yeah. Mm. Last year we went up early... Um, and then we gave up a kind of a soft goal right at the end, I think. That sounds like a union. Yeah. All right, so, uh, Trevor, what's your prediction? I'll, I'll be honest. I'm sorry, Scott, but I think it's going to be really ugly. I think we get, a like, a solid three or four goal win this weekend. So so you're going for, like, a 2010 sort of situation here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, along those lines. All right. I feel it. <laughs> Charles? Uh, I I kind of think that Real's going to have their way with it, but I'm going to keep it a little bit conservative and say 2-1 RSL. Uh, so, I, I always make the same prediction, 3-0. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to say 3-0. How, how do we get 3-0, Matt? Tell us. Uh, I think we... See, I keep predicting own goals, but none of them come. So uh, in, you know the what? Spirit, in the spirit of that... Uh, say an own goal on Aaron Wheeler. If he doesn't play, you win anyway. Ooh. <laughs> see, I'm going to predict, uh, like, uh, see, I, I like that Aaron Wheeler idea. That's fun. But I'm going to go with Sebastian Latou suddenly forced <laughs> back to center back uh, in some, like, weird emergency situation because you guys forgot he's you had played, a center back. He's played right back before. That's yeah, remarkable. he has. I remember that. Why don't I remember that? I don't know. It was so he's, he's going to be the new center back. Uh, you would think Henry I would remember it because I the ball off of him. Brain. It'll hit his foot. It'll roll in. It'll end. You know, we'll go one nil. The Union surprisingly have only had like a handful of own goals, considering how bad the defenses have been over the years. That's because they let it, they let the other team score often enough. Then. That's also the other problem sometimes. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> and the other two goals are going to be Javier Morales free kicks from like eighteen yards out. All right. Right that's, on the edge of the box. The foul will be inside the box. We'll all get upset. And, I gotta uh, say, that's actually kind of reasonable. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't remember the last time we scored from a set piece. It was pro- it's been, we've, we've done it. I know. I don't have. know Alright, well hey Scott, thank you so much for coming on. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on guys. Yeah, take care. Absolutely. Talk to you later man. Alright, bye.